Bugs, 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 bugs. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby. <laughs> That's Lindsay. And that is Kayla. And today we are going to be talking about Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. And Lindsay, you told me to read this. Like, okay, here's the thing. I uh, I was hanging out with my friend who lives in Atlanta. She came to visit and her mom gave me this book and was like, I feel like you'll enjoy this. And she uh-huh. gave it to me and I was like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. And I, I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, and when I mentioned it to you, you said, no, it's great. It's amazing. Um, and so we decided on this one. And I I didn't really have m- too much, like too many expectations, like really high expectations or anything like that. But this has to be one of my favorite books of the year. Like, I know. Hands down. Isn't one of it my so favorites. good? So good. Amazing. So I, good. I read it um, in, I read it at the end of the year. 2018 okay so it was it was the second to last book I read uh in 2018 and um yeah I remember reading it in Colorado I read it in like a day and it was just so beautiful you can't put it down that's the hard part about this book is you can't put it down because I also feel like it's slightly slow in that there's a lot of descriptions of things but then there's these little pockets of um of this murder mystery it's a murder yes. mystery that's what makes it so um intriguing is that it is also a murder mystery and so that's that's part of what i really enjoyed about it absolutely absolutely um no i i enjoyed it so much like that that murder mystery was just like normally if there if a book is a murder mystery that's like the the main thing the main driving force but it, right. it felt very secondary it felt it was secondary, like the characters yeah. were this the characters it's a it's really truly a coming of age story which it makes sense because in the very in the very front of the book it says a painfully beautiful at once a murder oh sorry painfully beautiful at once a murder mystery a coming of age narrative and a celebration of nature and like truly like it really is a coming of age story and then it happens to have a murder mystery in there it's amazing right. well i love i wanted to briefly talk about the author delia owens um she's a wildlife scientist no yeah, she's a wildlife scientist. She's written nonfiction books, three internationally best-selling nonfiction books about her life as a as a wildlife scientist. Um, but this is her first novel, and I just love that she she makes me think. I had this teacher in high school, Mrs. Weathers, and she was our science teacher or science teacher. Perfect name. Right. And she, um, she studied birds was her thing is she studied birds. And I just, you know, she kind of, um, 
she doesn't look like Delia Owens, but kind of, she was just kind of like a hippie, mm-hmm. um, you know, long hair, always, she just looked like a bird scientist, you know, yeah. exactly what you thought would be a bird scientist. And that's what, I get that vibe, like this love of nature and the description, the beautiful descriptions of the animals and the marsh and everything that Kaya talks about. Mm-hmm. I get those Mrs. Weathers vibes from it, yeah. which I think is why I connected to it so much because Mrs. Weathers was my favorite high school teacher. Sorry to everybody else, but <laughs> true. Um, if anyone else is even listening. But um, so I seriously just really adored the nature part the nature aspect because it wasn't boring I like it wasn't this like oh my god she's going on and on and on about the nature yeah it was beautiful and it was beautifully written beautifully described and I appreciated that um because of the connection to the character it really showed who Kaya was as a character oh absolutely and and the funny thing was so as I was reading it yes like it does it does um show who Kaya is and and the truth of it is I think that Kaya even though she got older became an adult all that stuff because she lived on her own you know how they kind of they kind of uh made fun of her and said that she was raised by wolves and stuff like that um, I don't know if you if you've heard like stories about people who are actually raised by dogs or raised by animals, whatever. But like they do have this child life quality to child. I'm sorry, childlike quality to them. Yeah, and um, and I think it's because like let's let's be real. Like animals bring out the child in all of us. I mean, who doesn't look at their dog and say, "You're so cute." <laughs> you know like who doesn't do that yeah so um stupid people that's yeah. that too <laughs> people you shouldn't trust right right people um, who don't have a heart <laughs> exactly um but so I think that it's just so interesting because she walks around and and you know runs out and she's in like she's like 14 20 something like that yeah and she runs out and just throws the cornbread up in the air and all the animals like start eating it and to me I was like it reminded me of when I was a kid and when I was like, if you ever felt, you know, just lonely or something like that, I think the first thing I want to do when I feel lonely or when I feel sad because a human has hurt me, mm-hmm. I go to an animal yeah, or I go outside and I lay down in, in nature because I think that when people fail you, nature doesn't. Right. You know? That's very true. Well, so, that really that really speaks to just the the whole of this novel. Like exactly. that is the crux of this novel. Um I want to briefly read the um the inside flap of the book uh, to kind of give a little overview. Um so the very top of it says, How long can you protect your heart? For years, rumors of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barkley Cove, a quiet town on the North Carolina coast. So in, the, so in late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kaya Clark, the so-called Marsh Girl. But Kaya is not what they say. Sensitive and intelligent, she has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home, finding friends in the goals and lessons in the sand. Then the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved. When two young men from town become intrigued by her wild beauty, Kaya opens herself to a new life until the unthinkable happens. 
So Kaya is the center of this story, but I really think it's actually the marsh is the center of the story because who Kaya is comes from the marsh and she's left alone. Her whole backstory is loneliness. She's, yeah. She is all alone, literally. Like everybody has left her mm-hmm. in the true sense of the word. Left yeah, lonely. they left like, her everything. when she was yeah. a child. When she was six years, six or seven years old is when, yeah. is when her dad left her brother, her mom, her dad, all her brothers and sisters gone and she's alone. And I love, um, I wanted to actually talk about the fact that she didn't want to go to school or that she tried to go to school um, once and then kept outrunning the truant officer. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts because I felt like that really, that also spoke to Kaya and the fact that nothing was going to hold her down. She mm-hmm. was not um, going to abide by the rules of of people yeah. that she only – she was going to follow the rules of nature and the rules of Kaya. of Kaya, of who she was and who she wanted to be. And she had a right to do that because she was left alone to, to fend for herself. And she had a total right to do that. And even as a young child, she kind of knew that. Yeah. And so I like that whole scene where she's outrunning the truant officer because I also feel like it's symbolism for her outrunning the real world and the, the rules of mankind. Yeah. Whereas she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And I mean, really, if you think about it, when she went to school, she didn't go to school because of any stupid rules. She didn't go because she because she wanted to. I mean, I guess to an extent, she's like, maybe I'll maybe I can go to school. Like, I know that that's a thing that people do. But she went because she was hungry. And which is which is both kind of funny and also heartbreaking at the same time, because she went for survival. That's it. Right. Um, And then and then that was it. She went for survival. And then it was so heartbreaking that scene when she was just crying, like when she, or not when she was crying, but, but yeah, like when she was upset because everyone was laughing at her because she couldn't spell dog. And they were like, Oh, she's the one who can't spell dog. And like, right. I don't know if that's how they sound in North Carolina. I think it might be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, am I not wrong? Um, that feels right. That feels right. right. Um, yeah. But then, so just, and I know that this is jumping forward a bit, but the fact that she was known as the girl who couldn't spell dog, and then she became smarter than all of them. But but the sad thing is, is that even once she was clearly smarter than all of them, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they still treated her like she was stupid somehow. Right. Like, right. she's clearly smarter than you. She knows the yeah. names of all of these creatures. She knows the rules of nature of mother nature she knows like you're you are clearly wrong and she's clearly right you know yeah okay so I want to talk about jumping and and Mabel and the fact that he was basically her father the only father figure that she really ever had yeah um so Kaya is a white girl um, but she's living in the marsh, and she's basically treated the same as black people were back in the 1960s. Yeah, or maybe even, a little. Honestly, maybe a little worse is what you I was going to so? say. Well, actually, well, you know what? I 
I I feel like they were both treated very badly, but in different yeah. ways. You in know, jumping oh, was yeah. Go ahead. At least the black people like you know got to go to um, schools, not white schools, but they had a school like whereas. Kaya as the Marsh girl was barely even allowed in town without, you know, full on stares and whispers and murmurs. And, and then she was immediately um, accused of murder, you know, so like immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was not even a a question, which I'm sure also black people in this, in the town probably would have been thought of, but like if Kaya wasn't there, if Kaya wasn't there, 100% it would have gone to the, to, you know, some, some poor innocent black person in the town. Right. 100%. Um, No, jump in. Here's something that I love is that, you know, as soon as like, I didn't realize that jump in was going to be such a big character. I didn't. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, how am I going to get my food? How am I going to get money? I have nothing. And Pa hasn't come back, you know? So mm-hmm. she's like, okay. Uh, she goes and she starts, like, selling him mussels and, and things that she's digging up. And she's very resourceful. Very resourceful. Really- and I think, and I, this is one of my notes, was that that's actually how I think she survived with her dad for so long. Because her dad, her dad stayed with her until she was 10. And then he disappeared. So she was with him for four years. Her siblings couldn't be with him for a few weeks. Right. But she was with him for four years. I think it's because she's a survivor. She's very resourceful. She knew how to read situations and how to basically avoid him and also get on his good side. Stuff like that. Right. Well, Uh, that's that's that key part is figuring him out is she knew exactly what she needed to do to get on his good side. So that speaks to her, obviously her resourcefulness, just like you said. Absolutely. And then with jumping. So then she's like, okay, what am I? I I don't know why whenever I say things from her point of view, I always throw in an accent. So I'm sorry. She's like, all right, what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to go dig up some muscles. So she goes and digs up the muscles or or whatever they are. And then she goes and brings them to jumping. And he's like, oh, where's where's your dad and she's like oh I don't know like oh he's just off doing something and then like and then what she ends up doing is like I think that you know at some point he realizes her dad's not there but of course he's not gonna call the cops on her you know like so what does what do him and Mabel do they gather up like all of these clothes from like churches and stuff like that and they give her they give her food, they give her clothes, they give her anything they can. Every everything she needs. Basically, Every- they have supplied it to her, but in the kindest way possible where she didn't feel like she was taking. Mm-hmm. Like she felt guilty, of course, but like they were like, "Oh, we're not using these old things or, you know, whatever." She You're sitting in our in our lost and found at the church or whatever right. you know like right. exactly exactly oh such such sweet charitable souls and then and then when kaya um when kaya gets her first period yeah her and you know tate explains to her you know what it was what's going on and then who is it that she goes to but she goes to mabel so i think it's so sad because this whole time she's waiting for her mom to come back she's waiting 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 but really like she does find a mother in mabel she sits and mabel hugs her and (laughs) mabel hugs her and and just just embraces her and jump and embraces her and i think to an extent you're right about her being an outcast because if it had been any other white child, 
them hugging her would have been a big issue. But the fact right. that she was the Marsh girl and like no one, she was an outcast anyways. Like, right. like she, you know, she got to, I think she had a sort of freedom with that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's talk about Tate. <laughs> oh my God. Can we talk and about So I. About Tate, baby. When I um, read it the first time, and even the second time, I I think I was always, I still was shocked the fact that he left her. Oh um, so just for the backstory on Tate, he was friends with her older brother um, when they were younger. Um, and actually he, we find out later that he had saved Kaya from her dad had shaken her when she was a, a baby, basically like three years old. And Tate, who was like seven or eight at the time, like told her father, like, no, you can't do that. And like ran to help Kaya and it became a big deal. And then basically Tate had never come back while her dad was still there. Um, but after her dad left, Tate kind of started coming around again. He saw Kaya and they fell in love. He was her first love. Mm-hmm. And it's it was so heartbreaking. So he would come pretty consistently. Um, but he was much older than her, like four or five years older than her. And so he. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was. Yeah. She he was, was like, like. He was like 14 four, and she was like 14. So something 14. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five years. Yeah. Um, so he is going to go to college, which is super exciting because like his dad didn't go, you know, it's like the, a big deal for him to actually be going to college. And um, so you feel it coming, but you don't want it to, because obviously Tate has been there for her, has been the only person cons- like coming to her. Cause she goes to jump in and Mabel, but like Tate comes to her. He's yeah. immersed life in the marsh like he understands and he he gets it and he wants to become a scientist because of all of it and he is going to go off to college and he has this feeling that he can't live his life if if he's stuck to her and the marsh yeah um and in defense of him obviously he was young at the time and he did come back and saw her and was like oh my god I can't do this and Mm -hmm. so he never said a true goodbye um but I also think that like he understood exactly what she was going through because he was the only one who did and that shouldn't have changed anything about his like I'm mad that he never said goodbye I get why but like he still he could have come to her and been like hey like I'm taking internships and doing whatever and I'm going to go to grad school and get my PhD and blah, blah, blah. It's going to be seven or eight years. And do you want to come live with me? Like, that's not going to work. You live here in the marsh. You know, like he never even had that conversation with her. He basically made the decision for him, for both of them. But he wasn't going to come around again and wasn't going to be a part of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and just and so- to that, to that, I'll say it, it broke my heart because in my head, I was like, I said to myself, I thought you were different, Tate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she did, too. She thought that he would be the person who never left her. And he still did. And so it's kind of like, of course, she's going to find human interaction with someone else. And that someone else just happens to be the quarterback superstar Chase Andrews. Like, That's right. <laughs> like, yeah, talk about absolutely. a typical white boy, uh, you know, in a small town. Okay. Um 
And so we get these glimpses. So sort of to back up before I start talking about Chase, um, we get these glimpses kind of every other chapter in the beginning and then it kind of lessens a little bit until we get to until the, the timeline catches up for sure um but we get these glimpses of the sheriff in town mm-hmm. and the doctor um finding chase andrew's body mm-hmm. in 1969 and um and then it goes back and forth so that we see we see these little chapters but then we also see the chapters of kaya growing up so we're mm-hmm. getting these small glimpses of 1969 and then we get all these you know long parts of Kaya's childhood leading up to 1969. Yes. Until so, until we hit Kaya in 1969 before the murder and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And um I love those the small chapters with the sheriff and the doctor. Mm-hmm. I thought they were hilarious. Oh yeah. Because they it was kind of like the I was just picturing it in my head as like the bumbling idiots and not idiots but like you know the kind of like oh man i'm just a manly man and i'm just gonna go around i'm, I'm the sheriff in town and and yes. oh oh tap my tap my noggin i think i figured it out you know? <laughs> there was this one part and i thought i had underlined it but maybe i didn't um where they the way they were talking to someone and the descriptions of them i could just picture like an old tv show that was set obviously not in the 60s i'm thinking like the 1800s is what like i'm picturing <laughs> the sheriff as being this like old ass sheriff like with his gun and he's like sitting at the at the saloon like i wonder who murdered chase andrews it's yeah. probably the marsh girl you know like, yeah like i don't know why that's what i was picturing i was not in 1969 with these scenes cuz really? i was just it was just funny the way i pictured them the way she wrote those the character of the sheriff and the people that he interacted with just yeah. felt so like some old tv show that's set in like the eight like I was thinking like doc have you seen Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? Oh yes, 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 yes. With Jane Seymour. <laughs> like I was picturing like there's it's like the small t- well first off the town is really small and like oh, old sure. school. Mm-hmm. Like they're not caught up with the times regardless. But like I was picturing like a town, you know, it's one street, that main street and it's like a saloon and a sheriff's office and the post office and the doctor and then the um the like mercantile or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like that's where you they get how, all their stuff. You know how I imagined it? I imagined yeah. it looking like Stinson, kind of like Stinson Beach. Yeah. But like, like not when you get to the beach, but when you right. first exit, right? When right, you first right. make yeah, that yeah, exit yeah. and you're about to go, like it's a very small town, stuff like that. But while I was reading this book, I was also watching Sharp Objects with Amy Adams. Okay. So I was uh, imagining the Sheriff Vickery in that one. I was right. imagining him as the sheriff in this. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we're definitely on the same page with kind of the general imagery oh, for, um, sure. Sure, yes. for that. But um, so anyway, I love those scenes with the sheriff and everything. And I thought that it was really funny because it was like this little bit of comedy in the face of tragedy. And it also made me not really care for Chase. I I know that maybe wasn't the perp, like we're supposed to be like, oh, Chase, the all-star quarterback. But I think, you know, as we kind of learn these things, like, oh, he was married, but he was definitely cheating on his wife and, Mm. you know, blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, like, of course he deserved to fall to his death that (laughs) way. Like that's kind of the way I pictured it. Yeah. Or that I was thinking of. Um. So anyway, I love those scenes. So as those scenes are, you know, happening, um, then we also see Kaya growing up. And then we mm-hmm. actually lead up to her um, meeting Chase Andrews for the first time, mm-hmm. um, 
which is after Tate leaves. So yes, and in the so she sees him from far away, and she's just like, "I want to jump on that." Like she yeah, doesn't say like, that. Ooh, yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, okay, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I say that all the time. She totally said it in her head. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, and and I think that she didn't care necessarily for like a relationship with him, but I definitely think she wanted like. Here's the thing, guys. Like, she was, she had gone through puberty. Her and Tate had, I think she wanted to do stuff with Tate, but she didn't get a chance to. And now she's like, okay, well, I just want some human touch. Yep. You know what this I'm talking about. Chance. This is yeah. my chance. And like, so she, but the thing was, she saw him from far away and kind of like hid a little bit, you know, but he saw her. And then this is the one moment where Kaya doesn't. Like where you see a little bit of a change in her, she sees them and she doesn't run away. Right. She does kind of hide a little bit, but she doesn't run away. And when he sees her, yeah, she doesn't she like, run away. She she's like, I'm gonna out. look into you. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And like, so then you want me as much as I want you. <laughs> <laughs> Blink once for yes and two for no. <laughs> and then yeah. and then later he comes to her and he's like, Wanna go on a picnic? Yeah, sure, why not? And so they end up going on this picnic. Um, and I think this is this really is the first moment that anyone besides Jumpin', Mabel, or Tate, this is the first person who is having a glimpse of the real Kaya. Because everyone else sees her as this wild child marsh girl that mm-hmm. is just like, like, oh, she's probably raised by wolves or whatever. But like... And Lindsay, you and I were talking about this beforehand. He he sees a shell and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, look at this shell. And Kaya very eloquently is able to say, uh, this is the scientific name of that shell. It's usually found in this area, but it's but I sometimes it does come here because of some sort of current, whatever she says. And then he just says, Well, I don't know anything about that. But it yeah. like, and so it's like, right. this is the first moment I where someone finally gets to see her. And 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 this is something that we did uh gla- glaze over, but uh, I'm gonna step back and say before Tate left, he taught her how to read and then he yeah. gave her books and, mm-hmm. and she was able to educate herself and she became mm-hmm. so incredibly smart. And so and so when Chase is like, yeah, I don't know anything about that, but it looks nice, right? <laughs> and then, uh, and so then she she takes it, and and that's kind of like the beginning of their relationship. Now, Tate, there are times where I'm like, oh, Tate's kind of a nice guy. He is kind mm-hmm. of a nice guy, you know, like he he loves her, and he blah blah blah. But then you, you mean Chase? Chase? Did I say Tate? Chase. You said Tate. Oh yeah. my bad. Okay. So close though. They sound very similar. I was like, wait, Why? did you say Chase or Chase? Yeah, no, Chase, Chase. So Chase, there are some times where I'm like, he's kind of, he's a nice guy. Like, but I mean, I still like Tate better, but like, whatever, Chase will do for now. But then um, but then you get these glimpses of actually he's really not a nice guy. Uh first being that when they're first together on on the beach, he he starts kissing her and starts trying to take her shirt off. Like instantly, basically. Um, well, and you had made, it's funny, you had made um, a note about this and I had uh, turned the page down <laughs> to come back to this because I wanted to talk about the quote um, that you had written down. Um, 
sorry. Yes, Chase had laid out a banquet, but she was worth more than fried chicken. And Dixie didn't count as a love song. She should have known it would be like this. Only time male mammal lover, male mammals hover is when they're in the rut. And I was like, whoa! Kaya! Like, Um, legitimately, though, he, like... I think that he really thought he could just get some, like he could just get some easily because she, well, she's going to be so happy that I brought her fried chicken and whatever. And she's like, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> like, yeah. no. She, well, I, I love that she like made him work for it, oh, but sure. at the same time she was still like wanting it. And so she eventually gave in and that's kind of what you had also made notes about this too. Um, these these hurried groping hands were only a taking, not a giving or a sharing. Yeah. And that kind of sums up her whole relationship with Tate is four years long. They date yeah. for four years. Oh, you mean Chase? And sorry, yes. Please <laughs> Louise. Chase. It's Goodbye. so funny. Chase, yeah, her relationship with Tate with Chase is <laughs> we got Tate on the mind. We got Tate on the mind. <laughs> okay, her relationship with Chase is four years long, and it's pretty much that whole quote sums that sums up her relationship with him. Because yeah, they have sex, but he literally she's always left wanting because he only satisfies himself. He doesn't really care about her. Yes, he talks about marriage. He talks about building her a house, blah, 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 blah. But then it kind of clicks with her when she runs into his parents in town and is like, they like ignore her. And then she like impulsively grabs a newspaper and sees his engagement announcement to fucking Pearl. Mm-hmm. All with her pearls. <laughs> um, and that's when it like she's like well fuck I can't this is nothing like I was literally only fulfilling a need and he wasn't even doing it that well yes so. and, and I do want to actually uh take a tangent there because yeah yeah that part where where she's where he starts mentioning marriage and stuff like that mm-hmm. I I felt that because you know I have had guys come in mm-hmm. and be like, I'm going to offer you the world. I'm going to offer you marriage. And like, stop saying that if we get married, we are going to get married. And yeah. then they leave. And right. um, and so I really felt that with this book because she she wanted normalcy. Well, her level of normalcy, you know, she she of course doesn't like going around a ton of people, stuff like that. But she did want a sense of, she wanted to be someone's first choice. You know, she wanted someone to stay. And like up until now, the only ones who have stayed were the Gulls and right. the Marsh. That's it. And, that, and that's who she could rely on. That yeah. was all she could rely on. Yeah. yeah. And Jumpin' and Mabel to an extent as well. But again, like, like you know, she had to still kind of go to them. Like you said, you know, like Tate would always come to her and right. whatnot. Um but so I really felt for her because because then what ends up happening is like he start it's like he starts bringing up marriage to appease her, which I've absolutely had that happen to me where guys are like, oh, no, no, but we're going to get married and this and this and that. Don't and worry. so then, yeah, don't worry. Like, like, she's like, well, shouldn't I meet your parents? Shouldn't I meet your friends? And then he's like, oh, but like, 
we're going to get married. So you're going to meet them eventually. And then what ends up happening? Yeah. Is she finds that marriage announcement in the paper. And I'm like, you're such a douchebag, Chase. And he's like, well, you couldn't have thought I was serious. I'm sorry. Uh, what? Uh, when were we talking about fantasy? I, I thought we were talking about a real life this whole time. My bad. That's what she wanted. Um, yeah. Well, uh, there's also this quote. Um, okay, so yeah, there's <laughs> you. I love uh, everything that you wrote down <laughs> in our notes is like exactly what I wanted to talk about too. That's why I didn't add anything because I was like, you hit the nail on the head with. Oh, like, good. Everything. I'm so glad. Um, well, I like the the line: "Unworthy boys make a lot of noise." I and, loved that line. Yeah, oh my because God. I feel like that's so true. The unworthy ones are the ones that are going to keep stringing you along. They're going to keep they're going to keep being like, "Oh no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry." They're always going to bring it up because they want to make sure you're not worried about it. When in actuality, you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna screw you over. Oh, so. Sure. I love that line. I also love the line that she laughed for his sake, something she'd never done, giving away another piece of herself just to have someone else. I, and I was just that, about to bring that line up. It's amazing. She I, That just really speaks to her loneliness. Again, okay. like I know I keep bringing up the loneliness part. No, after. keep bringing it up because it's accurate. Like this whole book is about loneliness and kind of being okay with with being alone, but also understanding that humans have needs. Mm-hmm. And so even if you have to find those things, she found she was able to like figure things out within the marsh and, and the animals and whatnot. But um, with that specific quote where she laughed for his sake, it was kind of like she was willing to do whatever she had to do to keep him around. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was heartbreaking because she never did that with, with Tate because Tate, she thought was always going to be there. So she could always just be herself. She wasn't going to laugh just for his sake. He was there forever or so she thought. And then he wasn't. And so she was like, I have to adjust to make sure that chase never leaves me. And he still left. So, and he still left. Ah! Like, Uh, Unworthy boys make a lot of noise. Page 183. Everyone read it, memorize it, sign it. Um, Anyways, yeah. Uh, So it was at this point. So I started making, and I'm sure you saw this in my, uh, I'm sure you saw this in my notes, but I started making a a, a suspect list. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so anyways, so we're, I'm going to, I'm jumping ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off really quick. Um, but anyways, so I also put that, um, Chase is manipulative. Um, mm-hmm. she wanted to, uh, she wants to be eased into his life, but he just makes excuses for why he can't and throws marriage in her face as if he's saying, I'm telling you we'll get married later. So you won't question my motives now. Sound mm-hmm. familiar, Kayla? Question mark. Yep. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, God, that was a, that was a good one. Um, But then there's the line, uh, which we discussed earlier on page 198. Why should the injured, uh, the still bleeding bear the onus of forgiveness? Like, holy crap. That that is such a, like, such a deep line. And she says it. 
um, when Tate comes back and it's yeah. asking her to forgive. And I think that that it it shows just how bad he hurt her. Oh yeah, that seven years later she's not willing. She's still hurt by it. She oh, yeah. is still so angry that everybody in her fucking life has left her. Her family, her blood family, Tate, Chase. I think at this oh at this point Chase is still Chase is still there. Yeah, potentially, but she's kind of at the end of the line with with him. Is I she, think, it's, but uh, uh, in the next on the next page, it says Tate uh, didn't miss this. He'd guessed right off she was out there waiting for Chase, waiting for Chase. So yeah, she, it was, she was still um, technically with him, right? It was uh, about Christmas time, and it was right before she finds out about um, mm-hmm, about his engagement. Engagement, yes. So uh, that kind of also speaks to again when chase comes back and he's like we can still do what we're doing even though i'm getting engaged and she's like but no we can't you no <laughs> yeah um but yeah that line why should the injured the still bleeding bear the onus of forgiveness it, she so she didn't answer yeah because he's the- saying like forgive me forgive me and she's like giving him the silent treatment she's like i don't have to i yeah. do not have to and yeah. I mean, and I mean, here's the thing, you guys, like, like, of course, I think that you should forgive as much as you can. But the truth is, if you're still hurting, yeah, you should allow yourself to feel that hurt and then to 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 be able to absorb it. If you just try and like, pr- like brush it off, like it didn't happen, yeah. you're you're gonna hurt yourself worse. You right. need to and like, it's, yeah, it's but, gonna continue within your heart and your mind that like, you did not fully grieve whatever mm-hmm. you were meant to be forgive or mm-hmm. you, whatever you're meant to forgive. And yeah. so that's, yeah. And let's be real. A, like, yeah. <laughs> Tate, I love you, Tate. I do, yeah. genuinely. But he came back and was just like, please forgive me. And it's like, what have you done right. to warrant my forgiveness? Nothing. Right. You're, you're asking for it. Congratulations. You're not going to get it. I think that... It wasn't until he started making amends that she actually forgave. Like he did things. He there was action behind it. Right. Where he actually was able to where she was like, all right, I'm able to forgive you now. Um right. because well, because it was like, all right, there you go. Actions speak louder than words. He can come back and beg at her feet all he wants. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you don't you don't have to forgive someone. It's good to forgive. But it, yeah. but it, you are also allowed to grieve, and her grieving lasted seven years, um, if not longer. You know, right. um, yeah. So yeah, I. But but I do think, uh, and it kind of reminds me of what was the book that we were talking about? You and I. Oh no, it was uh, Never Have I Ever. We were talking about how oh, okay. awful Ben was to yeah. the main character. What was her name? Davy. Davy, yeah, he was yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how mean he was to Davy, and then you were saying like she didn't have to forgive him, like she, sh- I, right. I wish she hadn't forgiven him because right. like you know he was so awful to her, but then it was like his actions, like he actually went and made amends and did right. things, incited real action to show her that he deserved her forgiveness, and then she still had the choice to forgive or to not forgive. Um, so that's what I'll say. Um, okay, so then. All right, so time starts catching up 
to the murder. All right. Yep. We have the life of our beautiful Kaya that is starting to catch up to 1969. Mm-hmm. And then, which is when Chase's body is found. Okay. So I loved how she kind of gradually brought the evidence uh, into the picture. And mm-hmm. like you have your suspect list, it kind of could have been anybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chase, Chase Andrews falls from the water tower, right? It's a water tower. Fire tower? Yeah. Water tower. Fire tower? I think it's a fire tower. Fire tower. Yeah, the it's same a thing. Yeah, it's a tower. It's, it's a tower. tower with little metal grates. Yes. So he falls through one of the grates, bangs the back of his head or the front of his... Basically, he's fucked up. He dies on impact. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, um, that's what Delia Owen should have written. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he, he dies on impact. Um... There's no evidence, no footprints, not even his leading up to the tower. Like, basically, there's no evidence. They are, they, like, swab the whole place. There's no fingerprints. So they're like, okay, this is, it could have been an accident, but it's sketchy that none of these things are here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then they start finding evidence of, like, these red fibers. And then they kind of start building a case against the Marsh Girl Kaya. Um, and I, I say the Marsh Girl because this is how they're viewing her. They're basically like, yes. well, only someone this deranged who was raised by wolves could have done something like this and could have mm-hmm. figured out how to do it with the li- limited time that she had or whatever. Um, so they start building this case against her. And they're basically like, oh, so she was – her alibi is that she's in the, a few towns over, an hour and a half away. Someone saw her gone on the bus and someone saw her come back the next day. And Chase was – dead in between those two days so she was gone for three days and he was he died on in the night of the middle day yes (laughs) um and so he they're like oh people are like she couldn't have done that like if she had taken the the bus home in the middle of the night and then they bring in um all these bus drivers that are like oh we didn't see her but we saw this person that could have been her it was an old man or whatever mm-hmm. um, and then they're arguing okay well the the tide she couldn't have gotten there fast enough but then they argue oh she could have gone by land or, there's or she could have she could have ridden the current right exactly there's this whole roundabout how can we pin it on the marsh girl mm-hmm. right this whole that these are the chapters of the sheriff that I was talking about earlier that he's basically building this case of like oh well there's all these things it points to her you know like yes but they're all circumstantial every piece of evidence is circumstantial he has no real evidence and i i think that's the problem with like the with like some some bits of the law because what they do is they they have a person like a main person they're like ooh I think it could be this person and then they try to find ways to take the evidence and make it fit right well, instead and of doing thing, the other way around the one thing that did fit were the red fibers that's it now, yeah now when I had first read the book I thought that Tate had done it because it is not clear at the part where he is giving her a red hat remember mm-hmm. the part where he's giving her a red hat mm-hmm. um a red wool hat and they're passing it back and forth and it's not clear who ends up with it because yeah. it becomes this game that they're playing as they're going off on their boats where they're tossing the red hat and I was like it could have been Tate and he was 
you know, trying to get back with her. He could have left it at her house at some point mm-hmm. after the fact. You know, like it just because it was at her house doesn't mean it was her. So I was banking on it being taped. Mm-hmm. So let's hear let's hear your suspects. <laughs> okay. I also have reasons why some of them are did could not have done it. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. So um so my first one was uh, I said Chase's wife killed him. Hold on. I hold on one second. I'm looking. I'm sure Chase's wife killed him for being a gross prick. Yeah. That was my first one. <laughs> I think that um, <laughs> I think it sums it up. But then by a certain point when they hadn't brought her in, when there hadn't been any real uh, moment with Chase's wife, um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I don't think it's her because Delia Owens, up until now, she's been an amazing author. She would have at least given us a chance to meet. Yeah, she would have given us, she would have given us a chance like she would give us a chance to meet the killer. She's the yes. that kind of writer. She wouldn't right. just bring in some rando. Right. Um, or if she did, it would just be like an unsolved case kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I put Jumpin' because Jumpin' knew exactly what happened that night. Lindsay, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um and has a paternal, a paternal pull towards Kaya. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Jumpin' knows. He knows what happened, and uh, I I could see it being him. Right. Um, next is Tate. Tate is in love with Kaya. Um, Jody, because he abandoned Kaya and wants to make things right with her. Yeah. And he knew about the trial without Kaya calling him. She was like, yes. how did you know to be here? Right. Uh, and then obviously Pearl, which I already said for being cheated on. The reason it could not be the first three is because when she went on trial and like, they were like, we don't know how this is going to go. Any one of those three would not have let her sit in jail. I agree. Yeah, I agree. None of them. They wouldn't have let it go that far. They wouldn't, they would have been like, it was me. Right. They would have admitted to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Pearl, obviously not, but, but so anyways, those were, those were my, uh, my suspects. Yeah. Um, so we don't even hear who the actual killer is until the very last page. Yeah. The last, the last, yeah, the last, the very, in, during the epilogue, basically, it's basically an epilogue. Um, so So this is for this. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, as your name says, well, shit, it was Kaya all along. Oh, damn it. I should have gone first. I was going to say Skipper's Sorry. Blue Pen. <laughs> oh. Skipper's. Okay. Well, if you're, I, I feel like if you've gotten this far, you've either read the book or you're never going to, so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm spoiler I'm sorry. Alert. Yeah, genuinely, uh, we, uh, so here's how it comes out. So essentially, once the trial is over and like, and she's the trial is over, she's found not guilty. Thank God. Um, because I think the jurors understand that it's all circumstantial. Um, and then she and Tate get together. They have a life. They build a life together. She gets to have her, she gets to have a family. Like, I think that was the the happiest part for me was, and I, I cried tears of joy because she got to be with Tate. She got to, I'm so sorry. My phone keeps ringing. Um, she, she got to have a life. She got to have her brother. Her brother was just like a few towns over and he would come with his wife and kids. They would spend holidays together. Like it was so 
sweet because this was something she craved, you know? She wanted family. She wanted the closeness. She wanted people in her life. Absolutely. Who were going to stay in her life. Who who were going to stay. And I think it was at this point that she didn't feel like she had to worry anymore. Right. You know, it was like, it was like, I'm, I don't have to worry about these people leaving because I know they're not going to. Um, so that was beautiful. Um, and then, you know, obviously we'll, we'll skip to the very, very end just because, you know, we don't want to give everything away, but you know, obviously it does go through a lot of points in her, in her life, in her adult life, um, until she's 64 and, uh, she, uh, she passes away Uh, very in, she passes away in the most Kaya way possible. She passed away on the marsh. Yeah. Just on a boat on the marsh, riding around. Like that was that was the only way that was appropriate for her to go. Um, and Tate was obviously just beside himself because yeah. this was his this was his wife, basically. You know, that was his wife. Even if not, if not truly, um, in legally, terms of yeah. legally, yeah. Even though not legally, it was at least a common law marriage. Right. Um and so I think as he's getting, uh, getting like papers and stuff together, he he finds a stash of hidden, of hidden papers. Yeah. And okay, here's the thing: the entire time, whenever they were reading poems from by Amanda Hamilton, is yeah. Amanda Hamilton right? Yeah, yeah. That's I didn't care like. for them too much. I was no, like, I, I mean, either. They're not, they're not that good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why is she just quoting this one person? All the time. All the time. And, and they're not that great. They're not that but great. I, I, did, I did see how they spoke to her uh, love of the marsh okay. or like the love of nature. So, yeah. But then, yeah. and then it turns out, you find out at the end that she actually was the author the, of those right. poems the entire time. It was a pseudonym. So I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. But then he finds the firefly. That's what it was, right? The firefly. Yep. And the unpublished one. The unpublished. Yeah. It was an unpublished poem. Yeah. He finds it. And it is basically a confession of yep. that Kaya killed Chase. And then he picks up that little, I think it's like a little sack or a little like yeah. thing. And a he, box. he's a little box. And before he opens it, he says he already knew what was going to be inside. And when he opens it, it was the necklace that Chase Andrews was wearing the night he died. Yep. That they never found. They never and found. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> I'm just like, I just we shooketh. I was so, I was, I was, it was crazy. I could not believe it. But I also could believe it. This good ending for who Kaya was. You Absolutely. know, that, that she was able to find justice in the way that she needed to find it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this book is a commentary on rape culture, current yeah. and past. Yeah. Uh, also and truth, class. Yeah. Class issues. Rape class. Rape class. Everything. The truth is, if Kyle would have gone to the police and said, like, Chase Andrews tried to, tried to rape me, yeah. they wouldn't have done anything. No. They, they, they would have laughed at her. Yeah. They would have laughed at her like, why would someone like Chase want you? That's right. what they would have said. Yep. You know? 
I mean, especially he's the star football quarterback. Like right. every, no one's going to believe the little Marsh girl because people, even when, even when she won the case, people were like, it, you know, it was her. She did it. Right. They, they still believe she had done it. Yeah. You know, to their, I guess to their point, they were right. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> That's true. still like, like it's, it's a commentary on rape culture. And, and she, you know, she, there was no way she was going to get justice legally. Right. right. Um, and, and this guy, this guy hurt her in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, he hurt her in so many ways. And then it was like, yeah, I, I want, I want my justice and I'm going to get it the way I've gotten everything else Yeah. by myself. By myself. Yeah. And oh my God, I love her wow. so much. Yeah, that, this book was amazing. Like, yeah. guys, what did you think? What did, did you think? think? What are the bad things? Tell us what you think. I seriously, it is such a beautiful book. It's beautifully written. The descriptions of of nature, the characters, and at first, you know, it is a, maybe slightly hard to get into. I because of the way she writes the dialogue, how they would talk, and so it's sometimes it's hard you. I kind of sometimes were, was like saying it out loud just to get a mm-hmm. sense of like actually what they were saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I really do think it was a solid debut novel from Delia Owens and I would read another one from her. Anytime. In a heartbeat, like so good. Um, yeah. yeah. Like truly Lindsay, thank you for <laughs> making sure that yeah. I read this. Cause I was, I, just hands down favorite book of the year, maybe favorite book ever. I don't know. Yeah. I can't give this one up. I mean, yeah, um, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, really, yeah. truly, I I wish nothing but the best for for our Marsh girl. And even on her, hold on one second. Yeah, on her tombstone. On her tombstone. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Catherine Danielle Clark, Kaya, the Marsh girl. Oh. And it says, by now, Tate understood that her nickname was not cruel. Only few become legend. So he chose as the epitaph for her tombstone, Catherine Danielle Clark, Kaya, the Marsh Girl. So good. My heart, though. I wasn't prepared for that. I know. It's so good. I I just think it it was a perfect ending. Oh, it was. And to say I ugly cried is like... An understatement. Not, it's an understatement. I I hideous cried, if that's a thing. Well, wait until you read The Light Between Oceans. I'm ready for it. We are reading The Light Between Oceans this week, and we will be talking about it next week. So tune yes. in, read along. This is also, this is another reread for me. And I am only, I'm like two or three chapters in now. And I'm already like, my heart, when I read this the first time, I was just blown away. And this is another one that's written so beautifully, like description wise, character wise. Uh, There, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue, but I feel like she really relies on descriptions of nature and like what they're doing and, Mm -hmm. and just the characters themselves. So I'm, I'm really excited to jump back into this one. I'm so excited. I'm genuinely so excited. And I'm going to watch the movie for that one too, but I'm going to watch it after I read the book, obviously. And then also side note, this has been picked up as a movie. Where the crawdads sing? 
Yes, Where the Crawdads Sing is going to be a movie. What? Yeah. Is, is Reese Witherspoon handling that? <laughs> I want to say that she's the producer. Yeah. Oh I my want gosh, to amazing. Say. Yes. So, guys, um, I just I no words, no words. Oh, just um, so, guys, let us know what you thought in the comments. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week. <laughs> Bye.